Yes, Jesus. No matter what happens, I'm going to praise him. I am going to praise him. God is on the throne. Don't forget. That should be our, our motto. I don't know if we even have a motto for 2021 yet, but it should be that God is on the throne. No matter what twists or turns or, or, or difficulties that life throws our way, I can rest assured that God is on the throne and you can rest assured. Um, I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to ask Brother Silva to come on up and, and preach for us today. We're excited that you're here. We're thankful that you're here. God bless you, brother. Come on up and uh, tear it up. the name of the Lord. Why don't we just clap our hands to the Lord one more time? Come on, he's worthy right now. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be lifted up. Hallelujah. I love what I feel here today. There's such a liberty of the Holy Ghost that's here right now. Amen. And I believe the Lord is going to do a great work here today. Amen. Not because of me, but because somebody came with their mind made up. Amen. Somebody came with their mind made up saying, I'm not leaving until God, I receive everything that God has for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Again, so grateful to be here today. Amen. And uh, I want to, I never take it lightly that I'm able to come and deliver the word. Amen. Especially to this wonderful church. Amen. I love and appreciate you all and thank you. Amen. For being here, for being faithful and, uh, I want to thank um, Pastor and Sister Hood in their absence. Amen. I know it is a tough situation that they are going through now. And uh, this is when the body is to bind together. Amen. As we are to hold one another up. Amen. Not only in prayer, but in tension. Amen. In focus. Amen. In effort. Amen. This is what the body is all about. And so this is the time, this is the season for us to pull together and do the work of the Lord and help it go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you all, and I know you are, amen, to continue to keep your pastor and sisterhood in prayer, also the Villagra family, amen, during this time. And uh, one of the greatest things I know, um, having dealt with some situations of tragic loss, uh, a lot of us, we don't have the words. There's really no words. Um, but the best thing you, every one of us can do is sometimes just be there and be faithful. There's so much around that is changing in situations and circumstances. And uh, when you're going through it, you are looking for the stable things, the things that are consistent. And the best thing we could all do in the work of the Lord right now is to remain faithful and to remain consistent. Amen. Uh, the Lord is doing great things here, and I feel it in the Holy Ghost already. Amen. Let's continue forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to do everything that God has called us to do. Amen. 2021 is just starting. Amen. It is just the beginning. Amen. Of what the Lord desires to do in this church. Amen. In hearts and lives here today. Amen. Let's press forward in Jesus name in this time. Amen. Also, my family sends their love. They were not able to come uh, this time with me, but they send their love. They love ARC. And um, I want to thank Brother Alex for joining me. He came back from our home church and uh, good friend. Love him. Appreciate him. And uh, I called him and said, I need somebody to come with me. I don't like traveling alone. He said, I'll be there. So I appreciate him for that. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we want to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter number one. Amen. As well as Matthew, chapter number 16.
Amen. John chapter number 1, starting in verse number 42. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, and thou shalt. Everyone say, Thou shalt. This is a future tense statement. Shall be called Peter or Caiaphas, uh, which is interpreted a stone or a rock. Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 18, a very familiar passage of scripture. And I say unto thee, thou art, everyone say thou art. This is now a present tense statement. Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. With the help of the Lord and your help today, just for the next few moments, I want to preach to us between the name change, between the name change. Let's put our Bibles down one more time. Let's just lift up our hands to the Lord before we're seated. Amen. Let's just begin to open up our our mouth and just begin to call on the name of the Lord here today. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your precious word. We thank you, God, for your precious people. God, and for the spirit of liberty and freedom that is already in this place. Lord Jesus, I pray right now. God, as your word goes forth that is already anointed, I pray, God, that your glory and your presence, Lord, would rest in this place right now, God. Let your Holy Ghost power and your anointing rest, God. Give understanding, God. I pray right now, give freedom and liberty in this house. I believe, God, you have set before us an opportunity, God. Adore, Lord Jesus, of liberty, of freedom, of deliverance in this place here today. I pray, Lord Jesus, let us leave here, God, with a greater understanding of who you are, God, and who we are to you. I pray in the matchless in the mighty name of Jesus. Can we just call on the can we just clap our hands to the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. Let's just worship him and praise him for he alone is worthy. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Those that don't know, I come from the Bay Area. San Francisco Bay Area, praise God. So in the 1960s, uh, in San Francisco, in an area, a little-known area, I say that ironically, uh, a little area called the Hayton-Ashbury District. Uh, For those that don't know, uh, this was a hippie area in the 1960s. And we see after the hippie movement a a reverting to high rent and high-cost living, And so a lot of the hippies that were living loose and free had to move. So they moved down the way to a city by the name of Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, uh, they they moved there because of the cost of living was far less than what they were dealing with in the Bay or San Francisco Bay Area. So their children went on, they got married, and they had children. And um, you got to understand, this was the hippie movement, and so they didn't name their children normal names. They didn't name them Melissa or Brett or, or John or whatever the case is. Uh, but these people in the mountains around the area of Santa Cruz grew up accustomed uh, to playing frisbee with the neighborhood kid by the name of Time Warp and a neighborhood kid by the name of Spring Fever. Hippies, I guess. And eventually we, we found other kids by the name of Moonbeam and Earth, Love, and Precious Promise. They all ended up in public schools. And this is where we met this chill, ch- kid by the name uh, of where the kindergarten teachers met a kid by the name of Fruit Stand. 
every fall. And if you have kids and you've taken them to school, probably not this year, praise God. But um, if you take your kids to school, there is a custom or a tradition for a, a child or a parent to bring their child and to bravely apply a name tag on their child as they kiss them and send them off to school. And uh, they turn them over uh, to the bus or to the teacher. And, uh, and so it was for fruit stand. The teachers thought that the boy's name was indeed odd, but uh, they tried to make the best of it. They're used to weird names. And so as the day progressed, they would look to him and say, would you like to play with the blocks, fruit stand? And they offered them to him. And later they would say, fruit stand, do you need a snack? And he would accept it hesitantly. But by the end of the day, the name didn't seem much weirder than Heather or Sunray or all of the other weird names that we've talked about. Heather's not a weird name, but y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. And as uh, the dismissal time approached, the teachers led the children out to the buses. And they looked to Fruit Stand and said, Fruit Stand, do you know what bus you're supposed to get on? And he didn't answer. And it wasn't a strange thing. And uh, so they know a lot of kids are shy on the first day of school. And so it didn't matter to them. They had a plan. And so they... They had told the parents to write the name of where the child was supposed to be dropped off on the back of the name card and then their name on the other side. And so at the end of the day, they would be able to see where this child was supposed to be dropped off. So the teacher, knowing the plan, reached down over to Fruit Stand's name tag and flipped it over and seen this word written on it. It was the name Anthony. For those that don't get it, he was supposed to be dropped off at the Fruit Stand and his name was Anthony. Although, indeed, this is a funny illustration, uh, the modern culture or typical naming of children is based on trends, what sounds cool and what's, what's kind of hip in the popular culture. I guarantee you now nobody wants to be named Karen. Uh, no, nobody wants to be named these things. Why? It's because in the culture, the name has on, taken on something else, uh, and it means something else. But... In Scripture, we actually see that names were far more intentional. And names often said something about the role or the person's character in the situation. For example, we see David. Uh, his name means the beloved, and we know, amen, it was David. It was known, the man after God's own heart. So as we read the Word of God, the names give us a glimpse into what role this person plays in the narrative of the story, amen, that we are reading through. If you look closely, you will see a few unique situations throughout Scripture uh, where God begins to change the names of individuals. And I want to let you know this was not a trivial issue in these times. I, I found that in each and every case, God wanted to instill a new vision of that person or a new destiny for that person's life, a new role, amen, that God wanted them to play in his kingdom. And by the name change, God was pulling something out of the individual and was propelling them into a precious promise. Amen. A first example of this is a man by the name of Abram and a woman by the name of Sarai. We first read of them. Abram, a rich, uh, rich um, landowner, amen, in the plains of Haran in Genesis chapter number 11. And Abram had everything he needed except a child, except uh, a, 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 a next heir to hand it all over to. And we see that Abram didn't need much, amen, but God uh, began to call out to Abram, amen. In Genesis chapter number 12, the Bible tells us, he tells him, go from your country and from your people and your father's house to a land I will show you and I will make unto you a great nation and I will bless you. And we see uh, 
uh, Sarai at this point was was barren and she didn't have uh, she didn't she her body was limited in what she could do. She could have children up until this point. Uh, and Abram pulled up stakes in amen on the promise of God. And, and he set out to follow this promise that God made to him. And, and as he was traveling, amen, uh, to a place he had never seen nor even been to before. Uh, and along the way, God began to give him more detailed uh, promises along the way. I just want to stop here for a moment uh, and tell you, amen, uh, I wish God would give me all the plans and all the things that I'm going to go through. But can I tell you, God, amen, will beckon unto a people and say, come on, I want to take you higher and I want to take you further. But God is not going to give you all the plans. God, amen, wants you to go. Amen. Before, amen, he begins to reveal what he is going to do in your life. Amen. I wish it was the other way. Amen. We see them going along. Amen. In this promise and God begins to reveal even more precious promises. During another conversation, amen, between God and Abram, we see God, amen, he goes on, we say that, uh, rather, Abram asked God directly, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And God, emphatically leaving no room for doubt, says, I will give you a son of your own flesh and blood, and he will be your heir. Amen. And the name we see here going on, there's a name change when God makes a covenant concerning this future. And God began to speak to Abram and concerning his wife as well. In Genesis 17, he tells him, you will be a father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, but your name will become Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations and I will make you very fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings will come from you uh, and he goes on and he tells him about his wife Sarai uh, that she will no longer be Sarai but she will be called Sarah amen we will see this here in both cases uh, God begins to refine uh, and redefine their names uh, you got to understand Abram was the exalted father and at this point in place in time uh, when Abram had left the land of Haran uh, amen he had taken his nephew Lot he was he was an honored man in the, in the life of Lot. He was an exalted father figure. Uh, amen. But we see a transition uh, from an exalted father figure uh, into a man of many nations. Uh, and we see God, amen, is beginning to pull him uh, into that initial promise that God had made to him in the beginning. Uh, and we see Sarai, amen, a woman uh, who her name means princess. Uh, but now God is defining her name uh, as my princess. Uh, amen. God begins to develop, amen, and establish a precious uh, uh, relationship to her. Uh, and we we see here, amen, that God uh, begins to make promises to Abram and Sarai, uh, amen, and he begins to tell them, uh, amen, you got to trust me uh, and you got to believe in me uh, that I will fulfill the promise that I've set before you. We are first introduced to Sarai in Genesis 11. The Bible tells us that she was barren from the very beginning. It was not very long after that God had made a promise that there was going to be a child from Sarai. And the Bible tells us that she scoffed and she laughed. Amen. In her tent when she had heard this promise. Amen. But what can I tell you? She was already in her 90s. Amen. And she had been barren from her youth. Amen. Abram was over 100 years old. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4 that he was beyond his time or he was dead in the flesh. There was no possibility in the natural. Amen. 
it, but the Bible tells us in Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him, amen, for, uh, before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth to those things which be not as though they were. What was God doing here? He was establishing, I can work, amen, where death resides, amen, I can quicken and make things alive, amen, where he, where, where he begins to speak, he can bring life and bring creation and reestablish new purpose, amen, and reestablish new promise, amen, and the thing, uh, come on. Amen. Abram and Sarai had no other option in the natural. Amen. That boat had sailed. Amen. They had no other option. Amen. But when God came on the scene in Abram and Sarai's life, God began to redefine the natural and he began to change their name. And that name reflected the possibility and the promise and the provision of God. I'm here today to tell you it doesn't matter. Amen. To what the world calls you. It doesn't matter what you were called. Amen. Growing up in your household. It doesn't matter. Hey, oh, come on, somebody. The only thing that matters is what God calls you. The only thing that matters, amen, is the name that Jesus gives you. Uh, amen. He begins to speak and call things into existence that are not. And he begins to speak to the natural. And he begins to pull out the potential. Amen. And the Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you that nature has to fall into obedience to the voice of God. Amen. Nature. Come on, somebody. I believe it here today as God began to change the name of Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. What was happening in the body is it began to fall in line with the word of God. Oh, come on. I don't think you heard me. Amen. As God began to change the name, amen, nature had to fall into place and say, yes, sir. Amen. It's not possible in the natural, but God said, nah, amen, my word is final. My word is final. Amen. And the body began to have to change. The biology began to change when God changed the name. Amen. You see, when God looks at us, he looks at us from the future and he calls out to it. Yet he meets us in the present. Amen. And he's leading and he is pulling us toward the future. God changed their name before they ever had Isaac. Amen. Amen. When he had changed the name of Abraham and Sarah, he was changing. Amen. The reality of their situation. Amen. I've come here to preach into the heart of ARC here today. I know there's some things and some things that seem impossible. It seems like some things, some, some boats have already sailed. Amen. And some promises may have already seemed to have failed. Amen. And God has not come through. I've come here today to tell you it is God that has the final say it is God amen nature has to fall in place amen oh, come on somebody amen strongholds have to crumble when God says it's time amen oh, come on come on come on Amen. God is the bridge between the promise and the fulfillment here today. Amen. As I said a moment ago, it doesn't matter. Amen. What, what, what anyone else calls you. The only thing that matters is what God calls you. In John chapter 15, in verse 15 says that we are no longer called slaves, but we are called friends. Amen. John chapter 1 and verse 12 tells us, amen, that we have been given a right to be called his children. Amen. We are, oh, come on. Amen. He has chosen us. He has 
bought you with the price. Amen. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Amen. He will be with you. Why? It's because he calls you his child. He calls you his friend. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Romans chapter number 6 says that the old man was crucified, and now we are in him, and we have taken on a new name. I'm here today to tell you, amen, the old man is gone. Amen, I don't have to be, amen, what the society and the world around me tells me I have to be. I don't even have to be what Hollywood tells me. I don't even have to be, amen, what your family tells you. But I have been given a precious and a mighty new name. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been engrafted. I've been bought with a price. Amen. We are no longer bound to sin and death. Amen. In the nature of this world. Why? As we have been allowed. Amen. Into the precious promises of God. First Thessalonians chapter number one and verse four says, Amen. He has called me chosen. And faithful is he that calleth you, whom also will do it. God has made a promise to you. I don't care how long ago it was. Amen. He is faithful and he will not fail. You may not see it where you're at now. And you may not think, amen, that it will happen. Amen. But can I tell you, he is faithful. Amen. He is faithful. He will do it. Amen. He is faithful. And as he calls us. As he begins to call out to our potential, he is pulling us into power and into promise. You see, the Bible tells us that the Lord chastises them or chastens those he loves. Amen. Just as a parent chastens, amen, and corrects and establishes discipline in the life of their children. Why? What are you doing as parents as you disciple and discipline your child? You are establishing, you are pulling out success out of the foolishness that is bound up in the heart of a child. What are you doing when you are putting boundaries and you are pulling them and you are challenging them? You are pulling out the very potential that is within them and that is what God is doing with his church and that is what God is doing in the heart of the believer amen that is what trials does amen it begins to produce patience it begins to produce characteristics and character out of the heart of the believer when the heart of the believer is willing to submit to the heart of God God is pulling out the potential out of the heart of the believer we see another name change in scripture man by the name of Jacob. Jacob was born just seconds after his older brother, his twin brother Esau. Amen. We see how accurate his name really was. His name simply meant to grasp the heel of or uh, literally we see in scripture it paints the picture that, that, that Jacob was holding on to the heel of Esau. Amen. And we see here Jacob's goal seems in all that he is doing in life is to get everything that Esau is entitled to. And we see the other end of Jacob's name is the supplanter or the one who replaces the other. And Jacob receives the blessing amen, from his father and from his father's house while he 
his father is in a vulnerable position and blind and he manipulates his way through it. He lies his way through it to, to get the blessing that was entitled to Esau. We see Jacob even uh, manipulating his brother Esau to get that birthright. Amen. We see it going on and Jacob is doing everything he can to get ahead and everything he can to supplant his brother. And many years down the road, we see Jacob. He has now had to face his brother. His brother is now caught up with him. And the Bible tells us that he has to send his family onto the other side and his flocks and his riches. Amen. And now he is alone. And this is now a time where Jacob has to contend with God. And the angel of the Lord comes to Jacob and they begin to wrestle all the night long. And the Bible says, amen, it is now the day breaking. And Jacob is calling out to God as he wrestles with this angel saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. And we see here now Jacob, uh, the, the angel of the Lord looks back to Jacob and he says, what is your name? Jacob responds, he says, Jacob, this angelic figure responds, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome this new name that God had given Jacob is a one that contends or struggles with God. It commemorates this moment that Jacob had to wrestle with God. Amen. We see Jacob would not let go of God until he was blessed. We see before, amen, he ever got his blessing, amen, from the Lord. We see, amen, that the God had to deal with the nature of Jacob. And he asked him, what is your name? Amen. You got to understand when Jacob got the blessing from his father, his father was blind. Amen. And his father said, oh, you don't sound like Esau. Amen. Who is this? He said, oh, no, no, dad, this is Esau. Amen. It was ill-gotten gains. He had to lie and manipulate his way through. And now as he is contending with God to get ahead, amen, to endure to the next season, God is dealing with the nature of Jacob in this moment and saying, you are not going to lie your way through it this time. What is your name? Jacob had to say, oh, this is who I really am. Amen. This is what, this is what God is confronting, this nature, amen, with, 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 of Jacob, the old manipulator, the old deceiver. He has to face God honestly, amen, just him and God. Can I tell you, in the process of changing into what God has called you to be, you and I are going to have to deal honestly with God and with yourself. You are going to have to really take inventory of your weakness and your humility. Humanity. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Can we just be real here for a moment? Why do we do we have such a difficulty being honest with ourselves sometimes? Sometimes we pretend that we are someone else because we value the approval of others. We estimate our worth in terms of their acceptance, and we start living for others. And it's because we are concealing and denying who we really are because we are afraid of the rejection that comes from really acknowledging your weakness. And we see this road, and I've seen it countless times, and if you've been around for any length or period of time, eventually you will see that that road will lead to a road of confusion that the enemy uses against you. Amen. And we see when the inner version of who you are begins to conflict with the outer version. And the Bible even addresses this in James chapter number 1 and verse 8. Amen. That a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Can I tell you, double-mindedness leads to exhaustion. 
question, and it leads to resentment, and it leads to bitterness, amen, and it leads you down to a road, amen, just down that road where you're just seeking the acceptance of others. Can we be real here today that there is a grave danger in all of this since we run this risk of living for others in the name of serving God? We maintain this, this veneer of respectability and pretend that everything is okay and, and we stuff our hurts and, and we ignore, amen, the hurts and the, the pains that we really are going through. And we ultimately leads down to a road of, of us justifying our sin and justifying who we are and what we deal with. And we try to be everything that everybody expects us to be. And we avoid confessing who we really are and what we really struggle with. To avoid appearing weak or even appearing carnal. Can I tell you here today, this is a very device of the enemy, amen, from stopping, amen, the name change uh, that God is trying to pull out of us here today. Uh, amen, God is aware of what we deal with. The Bible tells us uh, in James chapter number 5 and verse 16, uh, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Uh, the effectual fervent prayer of righteous men availeth much. Uh, amen, what is scripture telling us? Uh, it's saying don't stuff your hurts uh, and don't stuff your pain, uh, amen, but rather uh, come uh, to the body of Christ and confess what you are really dealing with. Why? It's because the enemy does his best work in the darkness. The enemy does his best work when you are trying to hide it and you are trying to conceal it. Amen. But God is saying, no, come on. Amen. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Amen. Come to me. Come to your body. Come to my body. Come to my church. Amen. Why? Because this is a safe place that you may be healed. The enemy wants you to suffer in silence. The enemy wants you to cry yourself to sleep. And amen. And everybody thinks your life is all right. Amen. The enemy wants you to think, amen, that you are alone in this. But I've come here today to tell you, if you look around, you are among a people of God that desire to see God to do a wonderful work in your life. Amen. God has put you in a body. Amen. The desires to see God fulfill everything in your life. Old. Thou desirest the truth in inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. The Lord wants us to have truth on the inward parts. This is that inward-facing truth that matters. Can I tell you, I'm not here to, to pull the wool over your eyes. It will cost you something. Opening our, our, our hearts, amen, to divine examination requires a spirit of humility, and a spirit of willingness, a willingness of instruction and a willingness of direction. Proverbs chapter number nine and verse eight says, reprove not a scorner. Or don't, don't correct a, a, a conceited person lest he hate thee, but rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. God, I pray. That there is a spirit in me, uh, amen, wherever I go, no matter where you go in ministry, no matter where, what you do in life, no matter what exploits you do, uh, amen, in the th this life, uh, no matter how much money you have in the bank account, no matter how successful you are, no matter where you go, uh, amen, I pray, uh, amen, here today uh, that we would all have a heart uh, that says, God, uh, I don't have the answers, uh, I don't have it all, but God, instruct me, uh, reprove me, and rebuke me, lead me uh, to the paths of righteousness. Uh, why? Uh, amen, it's because God... 
God, I, I, I know that there's more on the other side. And I refuse to allow my pride and I refuse to allow my own spirit to get filled up. And I cheat myself of everything that you have for me. We are not to reason ourselves around Scripture so it fits the justification of our story that we tell ourselves. James chapter number 1 and verse 22 tells us, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Can I tell you, God is not interested in lip service. Amen. But God is interested. Amen. God is not interested in lip service just as much as that he is not interested in a heartless sacrifice. God is looking for people, amen, that want to draw close to him and to be known by him and to know who he really is. God is calling out to somebody here today to say, what is your name? I want to deal with you as you really are. Warts and all. Hypocrisy and all. Amen. Struggles and all. I want to deal with you. Amen. I'm not here today to preach a downer message to you. The reason why I'm addressing this is because so often the enemy wants to say that, no, God doesn't want to deal with you like that. The church is going to reject you. You'll never be used. You'll never, you'll never amount to anything. Amen. But can I tell you, the enemy is doing everything he can to keep you from God changing you and healing you and bringing restoration to your life and restoration to your marriage and restoration to your mind. Amen. God is desiring to call out potential out of your life into a place of promise. But we got to let our love be genuine. We got to allow God to know us, to be really truly known by God. This is what Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 14 through 16 is all about we we have a high priest uh, that knows our weakness. He he knows. I mean, he was tempted. Uh, amen. Just as we are. But yet he overcame it. Uh, amen. And he goes on and says, let us boldly uh, become, go before the throne uh, of grace uh, that we can obtain mercy uh, and find grace uh, in the time of need. Uh, amen. The Lord knows what you are going through uh, and the Lord knows your weakness uh, and the Lord knows your frailty. Uh, amen. He desires uh, Amen. that we would come to him uh, and we would go before his precious throne of grace uh, as we really are. Uh, amen. And allow God uh, to begin to in bring instruction uh, and life. Amen. And promise out of us. Amen. Before any one of us change into the identity that God has established for us, we must realize who we are now and we must recognize our frailty. But the beautiful other thing, other side of it, not only do we have to recognize our frailty, but we have to recognize who he, he is. Uh, amen. And who he says he really is. Uh, amen. God, amen, is not pointing to our flaws. Uh, amen. And to our frailties because uh, he wants to just chastise us and leave us uh, in our mess. Uh, but he's saying, no, you could come to me. Uh, I have the answers. Uh, amen. The Apostle Paul understood this in all his learning uh, and in all his education uh, and in all his stature. Amen. His reputation. Uh, he still understood uh, that there was greater value in his weakness. Why? Is because he knew that's when God begins to step in and make up the difference. He knew that's the moment where God, where his, where his capacity ends is when God steps in and begins to do miraculous. I'm here today to tell somebody, amen, God is calling us, amen, in 2021, amen, to, to a deeper walk with him where he knows us and we know who he is and we don't have to walk in shame and we don't have to walk, amen, bound to the things of the past, but we can 
can walk in this precious new name that God has placed on us here today. Can we clap our hands to the Lord in this house? I'm almost done here today. Now we see where we are in our text. We see a man by the name of Peter who's brought before Jesus in John chapter number one. And Jesus, from the very beginning, sees him and he tells him, you will be a rock. You will be a rock. This is God speaking to the future. To the present man, Peter. He's speaking, amen, and he, this man, you got to understand, Peter, if you read him in your word, you will see that Peter was a, the, the poster boy of instability. This was a man, and I know sometimes when we read the word of God, we, we sterilize a little bit. We, we, we know what the end story is, and so we're like, all of these failures, that's fine, but we know we win in the end, and we just kind of sterilize the story. But can we just stop for a moment? If there was Brother Peter sitting on the front seat, and I don't want to pick on anybody, so I'm not going to point to anybody. But Brother Peter's sitting on the front seat, and Brother Peter's the kind of guy that is shouting in the front, amen, Brother Diaz, and, and, and back in the pastor and saying, my God, yes, I'm with you. And then he's the guy that's gone for three weeks. He's the guy that comes and says, man, this church needs to do more outreach, and we got to reach this world. And, and then you call outreach, and he doesn't show up. And this is Brother Peter. This is the guy that says he's bringing the potato salad to the potluck, and he just doesn't even show up, praise God. Peter, a man of great instability. Praise God, we all know the guy that doesn't bring the potato salad, praise God. He goes on from walking on water to challenging Jesus' plan of laying himself down at the cross. A man one minute proclaiming that his loyalty is greater than anyone else to the next minute not even being able to stay awake for an hour in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. A man takes his sword and cuts off the ear of someone trying to take Jesus into captivity to a man within a day standing warming himself by the fire denying he even knew Jesus. A man of great instability. But what was this moment in the life of Peter that we see this change? We see in Matthew chapter number 16 when Peter begins to discuss who Jesus is. Amen. He asks them, who do men say that I am? And they say, some say that you are John the Baptist and you are Jeremiah and you are Elijah and you are this. But it is Simon in that moment that stands up and says, no, that's what they say. But I know that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And it is there, Brother Jonathan, in that moment that Jesus looks to Simon and he says, oh, blessed. Amen. Simon. Amen. That is not flesh and blood that had revealed that to you. Amen. This is something supernatural uh, that is happening here uh, in the heavenlies. Uh, and he says, now, Simon, uh, you will no longer be known as Simon, uh, but you are Peter. Uh, amen. What is happening here, Church of God, uh, is that the moment uh, that Simon Peter understand uh, who Jesus really was, uh, was the moment, uh, amen, that there was a change uh, in the heart of Simon uh, into a place of stability. What am I telling you here today? Uh, the more you know Jesus uh, in the power of his resurrection, uh, the more that God begins to change uh, who you really are. Amen. The more you get close to God, the more God begins to change your destiny and your promise. God begins to change you until he has called you to be. 
tells him, upon this rock, I will build my church. <laughs> tells him, thou art, not you will be, but you are. Uh, amen here. Uh, amen. And the revelation of who Jesus was uh, is found. The revelation of who Simon uh, could be. Uh, amen. Can I tell you the greatest revelations you will find uh, is on your knees in prayer. Uh, amen. The greatest revelations you will find. Uh, amen. Will be in this precious word of God. Uh, why? Is because as you begin to get into it, uh, you begin to understand greater of who he is. Uh, amen. And he begins to reveal to you who you really are. Uh, amen. Not what this world tells you you are, but what he has called you to to be. Hey, but can we stand to our feet here today as the musicians come? The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you recognize and you and I recognize our frailty, we begin to realize how much we really need God. I think I've said it here before, but I say it all the time at church. The more I get into the word of God, the more and more I realize the less I know. Why? It's because I realize I'm so small, but he is so big. I realize my frailty and what I cannot do and what is outside of my capacity. What is that is establishing, amen, that there is a lot of opportunity for God to turn me and change me and build me into who he wants me to be. The more we pour ourselves out, the more God fills us up with him. I'm here today to tell you we recognize who we are through understanding and pursuing who he is. The Bible tells us, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you you know we oftentimes get it we get it we get it flipped we try to get everything together first and then we come to God as a presentable package and say look God look what I have to offer and God says no 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 you got to seek me first to really see who you really are You know, in the life of Peter, I'm sure there were a lot of other potato salads he missed, brother. Even after Jesus said, you are, you're Peter, you're the rock. But we even see the provision that Jesus made for Peter in Luke chapter number 22. The Bible tells us, this is Jesus saying, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demand to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. I take so much comfort in this verse. It's because Jesus is acknowledging, Peter, the enemy's going to do everything he can to destroy you. And Peter, you will fall, and you will fail, and you will make mistakes, but I have prayed for you. And here's the beautiful thing, Brother Jonathan. What does he say? He says uh, that when you have turned again, not if you turned again. He says, but when you have turned it around again, turn around and strengthen your brothers. Amen. Jesus had a very understanding that, that, that Peter was going to fail. That Peter, amen, the rock was going to have some Simon instability moments. Uh, amen. But Jesus had made provision. Uh, he had had a grace for Peter. Uh, amen. He says, why? Uh, amen. Because I know when you fall that you will have opportunities to come back. Uh, and I will make something beautiful out of you here today. I, I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know, amen, if you are in the place right now where you got to really take a moment and 
examine who you really are and allow God to deal with you as you really are. Or I don't know if you're in the moment, amen, where you are getting deeper in the word and God is calling you deeper. Or I don't know if you're in the moment, amen, where you've had some Simon moments and you've stepped back from the potential in your walk with God. Wherever you are at in this moment, I want to tell you, amen, God is calling unto you today. God is saying 2021 is going to be different. It's not going to be the same. Your marriage is not going to be the same. Your prayer life is not going to be the same. Your family life is not going to be the same. Amen. I'm calling out to you. I'm calling promise out of your life here today. It was approximately 50 days after Peter's denial that he stood there in the upper room and he preached the inauguration message in Acts chapter number 2. I am a pastor, and I'll tell you this. If I had Brother Peter, who 50 days before denied Christ, and I guarantee you I, I would probably struggle with allowing Peter behind the pulpit. But can I tell you, I don't see things the way God sees it. God sees the potential and God sees the promise. Amen. And God is calling to somebody here today. I don't care where you've come from and I don't care, amen, what people have called you and where you feel like you are relegated and, and, and where you feel your place is in the body and, and you just come and, and you just do your thing. And, but this is just what you're going to do. Can I tell you, God is calling you higher. God is calling you deeper. God is calling, amen, potential out of somebody here today. Amen. I wonder if somebody right now that would be willing to surrender to the Lord where you're at. Amen. If you want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar. But somebody that says, Lord, amen, I don't, want, I don't want my name any longer. I know you have bought me a new name. You've engrafted me into a precious, precious promise that is beyond my own capacity. And Lord, I come to you right now. And God, I want to be everything you have called me to be. God, I want to be everything you have called me to be. God, I know, God, there's some unstable moments in my walk with you. God, I know my prayer life's not the way it should be. God, I know, God, that I struggle with some things, but God, I refuse to get off the wheel. God, I want you to change me. I want you to make me as you've called me to be here today. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Rebuke the devourer of the enemy on some minds right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit, amen, of guilt. I bind the spirit right now of condemnation upon minds and hearts right now. In the name of Jesus. And I loose the promise of God, the peace of God upon minds right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 